is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. The Meat Improv! Welcome to the first episode of the Meat Side Dish. Welcome. Um, hope you left some room. I hope you left some room. Uh, this is, of course, the... Uh, this is our idea for a little uh, second episode uh, that we'll be doing occasionally. Um, hopefully regular. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to try it out where Jake and I sort of talk about the episode and talk a little bit of uh, the improv nerd stuff. Yeah. I've seen a little bit of a demand online where people like it when you talk about... Um, the inside baseball, right? We're assuming most of you are uh, are improvisers yourself, <laughs> or at least at the at the very least interested, yeah, in improv. Um, so yeah, we're not going to get too uh, talking dead with all this. <laughs> uh, Certainly not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I guess uh, we'll just talk about some scenes that we liked and things that we were going through our heads, and just sort of um, probably in there some overall thoughts about improvising and all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, so I guess we'll start with the guests, uh, Andrew Stanton and Kate Thompson. Yes. Uh, I knew Andrew. Um, he was in my improv 101 class. Uh, and also a guy that like I saw perform at Shapeshift, our indie show that we host. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed by him. That, yeah, I remember that show. Uh, that he, that I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just kind of reached out to him and was like, stick with it yeah (laughs) i don't want to say too much about andrew's life but uh uh um yeah such a guy with such obvious talent um yeah very funny that uh, i remember that show try to encourage those people um and i kind of know kate through him and some other of the philly friends uh out here um and kate's been writing on mod for a long time i feel like um Great writer, all that kind of stuff. So, anyways, it was a pleasure to have them on the show. Yeah, they're great guests. Um, it's always good to have guests too that know each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like there was a moment in uh, Kate's story where I got to ask Andrew kind of like his perspective on the whole yeah. thing, which is like, I don't know, it makes me think we should do like a BFF. <laughs> if we do couples, we should uh, do. Yeah, like, we should do uh, best friends <laughs> uh, that aren't dating strictly. Yeah, strictly, strictly friends. no dating. Um, cool. So yeah. Um, so we were talking a little bit, Jake and I, off mic about um, sort of our approach to this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a, um, we not to show you how the sausage is made, but sometimes we'll do an extra scene or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll hit the cutting room floor, uh, but we were sort of talking about like how we initiate from uh, stories or just any opening. Yeah, I guess. Um, um, I have been, I guess. You know, I tell this to my students when I initiate or when I'm listening to an opening of any kind, specifically a story, I try to identify like an odd behavior mm-hmm. and I find it's easiest just to jump into that character by like taking on the character, doing the odd thing and sort of internalizing it. So yeah. that way, um, you know, I like there's not a lot of math or like moments or opportunities to be lost in translation when it's sort of just when I have an idea how to carry my side of the couch, as Chad Carter used to say to me. Yeah. Uh, Chad Carter, for those of you who don't know, he's a great improviser, writer on a ton of stuff, The Daily Show, a bunch of stuff. Uh, Kind of one of my mentors out here, but he used to say that, like, improv is like carrying a couch. So, like, just 
take care of your side. Yeah. I uh, still give that note. Uh, meaning like if you're trying to carry a couch up the stairs, you can't just drag it from each pulling on one side. You sort of just have to do your job, mm-hmm. be a good voice of reason or, you know, justify the unusual behavior Yeah, uh, and sort of go from there. So a little mathy, hopefully it's not too obvious for the listener, but um, in the scene about the podcast guy, um, I knew that I thought it was funny that Jake listened to multiple episodes of the turtle, yeah. uh, podcast enough to know it had gone downhill. <laughs> and I thought the funny thing was just being like, so, I mean, it's pretty obvious, but so critical of something that you've put way too much time into. Yeah. Uh, I loosened up a little as the thing went on, just me listening to dumb po- podcasts, um, uh, probably could have gone a direction of like me trying a food or something like that for the hundredth time to make sure I didn't like it or something. Right. Um, but yeah, we, I like to like start with that behavior and then sort of open it up to like, um, it, it can get a little looser or more exploratory, I guess, as the scenes go on. What do you think? Um, yeah. I, and I think uh, in a situation like that, what I'm trying to do is, um, I first sort of try and, get a gauge of what the rest of the uh, improvisers are doing. So if it's Josh's behavior is unusual and somebody calls it out as unusual, then it feels like, okay, uh, our job now is to sort of like continue to look for ways to heighten how unusual his behavior is. Um, And something I try and do if I'm the voice of reason so that I'm not just saying like, stop doing this or don't do it. Or like, this is crazy is I give myself a want in the scene. So something that I came to do, uh, to sort of like contrast that. And then I don't have to look for ways to set Josh up so much as I can just pursue my want, uh, which should organically or naturally set him up. So that's why I said it was like, we were there for a wake. Uh, so it was like, we had something to do or there was something I was looking to do, which is like talk about our friend who had passed away so that, um, so that it wasn't just like one note. Yeah. Uh, so that I'm not just asking him a bunch of questions because I think, uh, questions beget more questions so if i start asking them it's harder for me to stop versus like here's what i need to do and then i can just do that thing uh knowing that it it'll um sort of uh collide with what josh is trying to do or whoever's being unusual in that scene yeah i've been thinking about that a lot myself of like just you I've been trying to explain to students how to internalize a game rather than put it together like a puzzle, Mm -hmm. which I think through my teaching and workshops and everything, like one of the major notes I have is that people will try to play game uh, inside of a vacuum where they won't even give themselves a who, what, where. So like one thing I actually think Jake is very good at is sort of, and one thing reason I like playing with you is because you're very good at uh, like adding an element to like the reality of the scene that I didn't expect, but it usually makes the scene like it catapults. It makes it like a lot funnier. So like yeah, being there for a wake and I'm trying to talk about <laughs> what was it? Howie Mandel's Howie podcast. Mandel's podcast. You could probably tell. What, I didn't. I just knew it was going to be a dumb podcast. Yeah. And, like I literally Howie Mandel just fell out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> he's not. I don't even have that much ill will about him. Yeah. But I'm not listening to Howie Mandel's podcast. <laughs> no, certainly not. <laughs> uh, he probably has one. Too. Yeah. He probably does. Um. Yeah. Uh. Thanks. Yeah. I think like my. The thing I try and do is go like, um, I use an acronym in my workshops that's uh, WARS, which is like wants, actions, reaction, and sympathize. So the idea is if I'm missing any one of those elements, 
uh, or if I feel that the scene is going slow, that's usually the reason is one of those elements is missing. So it's like, what do I want? I want to talk about my deceased friend. So I take actions to do that. Um, but I want to make sure that I'm not uh, just like barreling forward with that. I need to acknowledge Josh's unusual behavior. So I react to it. And then that sympathy moment I use as an umbrella term to sort of say like sympathize with your scene partner or sympathize with the outside world or have a moment of vulnerability so that the scene doesn't just become a conflict. Um, so it's like asking him questions about the podcast or entertaining that idea. Um, and then going back to the actions for what I want, which is like to talk about my friend. Um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what you were saying too about like, like feeding the feeding me organically by having like yeah. a want or taking action. I use that a lot when I teach of like, just like have some business. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I usually say. Like, what, why are you here today? Like think, think of the world beyond your, beyond this game. Give it like a setting. And yeah, the idea of feeding it organically gets you out of the sort of method of like, um, listing, which right. that's something I is teaching UCB 201. That's like the number one, like when people are just grappling with game and you're like, I'm talking about podcasts at a friend's wake. They'll be like, this is like the last time mm-hmm. when we were at the wedding and yeah. you were doing blah, blah, blah. And that always tells me you have an understanding of like what's fun about the scene. And oftentimes I'll say, I'll ask students to frame their game uh, in the UCB terms by being like, what's fun? Keep yeah. Th- keep that going. Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, there's a difference between like, I think that's an important distinction of like the way that it's phrased sometimes is like resting the game, which is often just like people just think of like stop for a second and then like jump right back into it. Yeah. But I think it's not resting. I think it's like actively going back to the reality and Mm -hmm. hopefully just by bringing up more stuff, you're going to feed me away to like hit my game again. Yeah. Which happened at the end where you're like, you were setting up your podcast equipment in the, in the wake. Oh yeah. And I had obviously no idea that that was happening, but then I got to be like, I was, I gave Pat a microphone. The dead right. Friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think like, I think it's good to sort of like set your scene partner up to play their game. But what I see happen a lot of times is somebody does something as the voice of reason, that they that is kind of unreasonable but they're trying to set their scene partner up mm-hmm. and then th- then that puts expectations on the scene partner to play the game a certain way and so i think the best thing you can do is be a consistent voice of reason which is like i'm here to talk about my friend passing here's the ways that i would do it mm-hmm. that way you know me as a character who is grieving or mourning the loss of somebody and I don't put any false expectations on you. It's kind of like asking. Sometimes people set someone up by, and it almost feels like I'm asking you a joke and you need to know the punchline. Mm-hmm. And then I'll watch the person with the unusual behavior lose the unusual behavior because they'll be worried that they're not playing it the way their scene partner wants them to play it. So it sort of takes the math out of it of like, I'm just going to do the stuff I know somebody who would want to talk about their friend would want to do. And know that Josh will find ways to sort of connect those two threads. And then he doesn't hopefully feel any pressure to like play it a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed like that too when you have two other people. Like another way we're going to, I have a feeling if we're getting into this kind of stuff on episode one of this, we're going to yeah. be talking about a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, I'm, uh, I like, I'll have classes and be like, did I say this before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, damn it. What was I just going to say? Oh, uh, um, well, uh, I guess what I was saying is like, 
uh, a lot of like me sort of having a general direction where to go is sort of me having like a point of view or just like mm-hmm. a pattern or whatever. So like I know I'm going to be obsessed with my podcast, talking about them and like giving them too much of a chance. Basically, uh, I am open to it being other stuff. Like I mentioned, it could have been like some a waiter brings over food. Or, yeah, and I'm having something I hate for the two hundredth time. Um, uh, but. Yeah, my I, I call this my motor. So when I'm in a scene, like it's not that I'm piecing together anything. It's like, I got it. I'm mm-hmm. doing my thing. I am going to be doing this behavior no matter what happens. And I like it when I get, like, not thrown, but when I get something surprising. And that's like, I do think that that interchange, instead of just like two people like listing jokes on a game like you would do in a writer's room, but more like sort of moving forward and exploring. Yeah. I think that's what makes improv cool uh, is sort of that moment of discovery. Where like when Jake surprises me and then I use that surprise to like play, uh, I think is like, that's the moment in the theater where the audience goes like, ah, they did it. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully in, when you're in your car walking your dog, <laughs> you go like, hey, those goofballs. Uh, yeah. And I would say like, those are my favorite moments in improv too, because I think that both people are surprised. And that maybe even goes back to that moving the couch thing. Is like my job to in this scene, my part of moving the couch is to have this wake. Or to like talk about my friend. And Josh's part in moving the couch is to be obsessed with his podcast. Yeah. If I set him up inorganically or I force a way that I want him to play it, um, then that means I'm like looking for a response from him and I'm trying to move more of the couch. But if I just move my side and it surprises Josh in the way that I sort of am just mourning and then he responds to it with his unusual behavior, it also surprises me. And those are my favorite moments is when both people on stage are surprising each other. Like one person is picking the unusual behavior and the other person is picking what they want or their action in the scene. And neither one of them has an expectation of how the next move is going to play out so that both people are kind of like excited about or like surprise themselves. I think those are like the richest moments. I think so too. I also think would say like what I notice on what can happen in indie teams or like indie shows, I should say, even when I'm, you're just doing a fuck around, mm-hmm. uh, meaning like oh, I'm playing with, I'm sitting in with something or it's yeah. like a group of people that don't usually play together is sometimes those like the, that exploratory, those moves lead to another discovery, which then like <laughs> you sort of abandon the first one and yeah, just yeah. follow the fun of it. Um, uh, I think there's a little bit of pressure on us to not a little bit, but well, not pressure, but I do feel like having record recording the show. Mm-hmm. I do have to kind of like focus a little bit more. And yeah. I'm also able to, cause I'm sitting in a four sided table, literally looking right at mm-hmm. every person at the table. Um, so yes, uh, I guess what I'm saying is like, perhaps, you know, a little bit of this concentration on like establishing a motor and like sort of, it can lead to it. You can follow the fun from beat to beat to beat and like have a fun and entertaining scene. But it is like one thing that I like doing here on the meet. Cause we also do 10 minute scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, by the way, dear listener. <laughs> uh, we don't even realize it until we're editing. No, we're like, yeah. Jesus, that's 12 minutes. <laughs> that's and 12 we got minutes. from like, like a brother and sister in a, uh, at like the baseball game to like Dick, <laughs> to like Donald Trump's asshole or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm referencing the Izzy and, and Mike Christian. Yeah. Mike Christian yeah. episode yeah. where that was literally Gay like, cake. <laughs> yeah, the cake, cake scene. Uh, 
I would like to say for the record, if anyone's listened to that scene, the reason I said gay cake in that scene is because Mike Pence has that famous thing where he wouldn't let he he, he like cake makers. He gave cake makers in Indiana the right to refuse to make cake for gay, oh, gay for gay yeah. couples. Yeah, so that's what, that's where. Oh, that, okay, you didn't even know that. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> you just like said gay cake. <laughs> I could kind of tell in that episode because you were like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's because the president ate gay cake, and then the cake itself was gay. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's move on to the other. So the first story we had was Andrews, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. About getting conned a mm-hmm. bit outside of UCB uh, or through UCB somehow into driving yeah. someone all around town. Um. Yeah, we're not going to talk too much about the story. No. Uh, it was a good story, a relatable yeah, a good story. I think part what we will probably end up having been caught is that we all related to it and all had a, yeah, a yeah, story had of like our around. own but you know we got to try to keep it under yeah an, two hours so we do uh, cut stuff um with a story like that uh do you um what's your approach to because i feel like stories where somebody is like conned yeah or in the dark are pretty popular or come up a lot what's your approach to like pulling from those i'm obviously i'm usually not gonna have the trick be the like the focus right so like it's hard to be dishonest in an improv scene or like tons of people will say like when i'm teaching again where they'll tell stories about a time they were pranked or about a time they were uh someone picked on them or something Mm -hmm. like that uh it's not the richest it's not that alone isn't enough like because a prank again if we're focusing our the behavior on like something that's grounded in logic the logic of a prank is just i'm fooling around right? right so it's like there's not that alone isn't enough there usually has to be something more specific so like in the scene you initiated uh waiting yeah uh I, it's the waiting right like when i when i when i when you initiated that my immediate thought was like okay we're going to heighten this or my idea for how to heighten this is to make it go longer <laughs> that was my idea too uh and then it just quickly turned into a car chase <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terminator yeah. so yeah it got thrown like in an indie show yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but like uh one thing i do talk to my students about is like um wh- what's your goal line like like meaning like if you're starting forgive my sports analogies but like in football you get a touchback so a lot of drives start at the 25 yard line or the mm-hmm. 20 yard line so if you're going all the way to the end zone with this right you can't dick around too much in the first 10 yards or like the first part of that scene you have to you're trying to get a touchdown right yeah so um another example is Kristen Wiig's sketch where she's like very excited about news. I use mm-hmm. this example a lot, but like there's a sketch where it's like, we're going to tell mom and dad we're having a kid. Don't blow it. Whatever Kristen Wiig's character's name is. Yeah. And she like starts a little excited. And by the end, she's always running through a window or a wall or yeah. making a cartoon like shape <laughs> silhouette of herself through a wall. So yeah, I'm, I do have that in the back of my head of like, where could this go? Mm-hmm. And sometimes by having that, by kind of looking a little bit beyond this first instance can get you like heightening that far sometimes or like being willing to make that kind of move can sometimes actually open more doors to heightening even further. Yeah. Especially if you're working in a group. So my idea, honestly, when that started was like, we're going days. That's what I thought too. Uh, like I want to get to the next morning, which we didn't quite do. Um, 
Um, but we had the, the trip to River or Northridge. Northridge in that seat. <laughs> like took a little longer than we thought. And just looking at the time, I was like, "All right." But then yeah. when you have something like the Terminator uh, guy, I don't. I've never seen Terminator, so I yeah. I could envision it, but I also couldn't quite. I didn't exactly know, but yeah, and uh, yeah, I thought the same thing that we would probably go for days, which is like I guess very like. Uh, in the minutia of this is like so going out to get the monopoly game was like me sort of saying like what is a way that i can sort of indicate that i'm going to be in there for a really long time like yeah um, yeah um and then uh yeah and i and i guess to go back even to my question is like i am uh, yeah i knew that waiting would be the unusual behavior and my sort of attitude and things i try and tell students uh, or individuals i'm coaching is this idea that like um, pulling the wool over someone's eye or uh, eyes or a scheme or whatever is hard to play well because it relies on the person not being able to react to what's happening. Like mm-hmm. the, you either get away with it and then you don't have reactions or you don't get away with it. And then you're not able to repeat the behavior necessarily. Or the person has to then like play not at the top of their intelligence by going like, okay, you did this to me once. I don't expect this to happen again or whatever. And it's like that almost becomes more unusual than the game of pranking somebody. So I'm always yeah. like, be explicit, be clear, be get busted uh, so that you can have the logic behind the prank or whatever. Because if the you could find a logic that's like, I'm looking for attention or... Um, I'm trying to, uh, spice up the work environment or whatever. And it's like that untethers you to pranking somebody. And then it, you don't have a bunch of scenes where we kind of know where they're headed. Cause the person goes like, I'm going to go do this thing now. And it's like setting up another prank. Um, so yeah, in those scenes or stories where it's like cons and things like that, I'm always like, there's gotta be an, a behavior there that you can be explicit with that isn't just trying to like pull one over on somebody. Yeah, I agree. Also, this isn't doesn't have to do with this episode, but whenever I'm playing a dishonest character, like, uh, I've been trying to figure out an exercise for this actually, of like, what is one I've had recently? Uh, there was a scene in one of my workshops recently where someone was like, uh, it was a husband and wife, and the wife was like, I'm just going through this phase, I'm just trying to do throwback stuff, like go back to throwback stuff. But that meant she was quitting her job, and okay, like, uh, and like uh, trying to just go shopping with all the money. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was a woman playing that part, and uh, she did it well. But like she's t- saying on the surface, I'm just doing throwback stuff. But the real thing is, she's just trying to be lazy and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know get a bunch of stuff yeah uh so that's one that you probably can't cop to in the scene right you know but you can play it in a way where the audience knows what's up and you're not saying it to your scene partner but you're gonna keep the motive of just like me 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 is gonna be there the whole time does that make sense Mm -hmm. so yeah whenever i'm playing coy or like accused of something or someone says something about my character where it's like it's true or it could or could not be true. Uh, my I usually make it true, and if necessary, I just deny it surface value, which kind of leads to the thing of, like, you should be able to communicate with your fellow improviser. One, with... the There's a couple ways, a few ways. 
one is the words mm. and then one is sort of like listen for the improviser so if the improviser is like no i would never yeah want to be just lazy i'm not lazy i'm doing all sorts of stuff at home you know mm-hmm. but that's basically saying yeah i'm gonna be lazy <laughs> right yeah yeah um that's not mind-blowing stuff but that is like something i've been trying to think about in terms mm-hmm. of how do you play those scenes or what direction do i give students um okay uh, another one that came up, uh, so another initiation. I did two of that story. The first mm-hmm. one was the bu- the tour bus, right? So that so if you're not, if you remember, that came from a uh, very simple idea of just uh, the guy who Andrew picked up was telling stories about every um, you know every corner that it, they passed or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just basically. Um, yeah, I was like, okay, I want to do that thing. Someone telling too many stories, and I'll just put it in a place where that might happen, or where there's a microphone, or maybe just a group of people where it would be more absurd. Yeah. So my original idea was to do that myself yet again, but I'd done a scene or two before that where uh, I was the weirdo. Yeah. So I lobbed that one to Andrew, uh, just to kind of switch it up. Bless you. Thank you. Um, was a silent sneeze on the mics. Um. So yeah, I lobbed that one to Andrew a little bit, uh, just to try to give, just so more people could play than just yeah. me. Uh, uh, so two things. Uh, let's start with uh, students, especially early on, will ask me, um, "What's the easiest way to initiate? Like taking it on yourself? Usually pretty easy. Yeah, uh, but." You're also in situations like we've played together enough where I know when to set you up for something. Right, yeah. And you probably, you've set me up for tons of stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I had that with like people I played with in the past, like for a lot, like Joe Hartzler, when I played with Nicole on the, Nicole Byer on that, um, Cooper. Yeah. I had some ideas where I was like, what's going to be, who's going to have more fun freaking out? Yeah. Like we're in a haunted house when we're just in line for the haunted house. Me or Nicole. Yeah. That's going to be Nicole. <laughs> right. Uh, so a trick that I use sometimes when I'm initiating is I'll start with the second line. So I think I, or I'll say what's happening. So in that one, I was like, hey, give me the mic back. This is a Hollywood tour bus. Like, uh, no one cares about your stories. Yeah. And basically that that's pretty clear right that's basically me telling andrew what he's doing he's grabbing the mic it's a hollywood tour bus and he's telling stories yeah um i don't know nothing like jujitsu happening there but that's a good way to get your idea or to gift your idea is to just like say context context here's what you're doing yeah um i uh, yeah uh it's a good way to do second beats too um uh, I'm always, I'm of the mindset that like, you mean like when you're stuck initiating as the voice of reason or as the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm of the, I, uh, voice of reason equals straight man traditionally, by yeah, the way. Yeah. That's just our lingo out here in LA. Uh, right. It's um, a little, a little less gendered. Yeah. A little, a little less, less gendered. <laughs> and uh, a little less, uh, you don't have one-on-one students going like, so like a straight white males, this <laughs> right. the good guy in every scene. <laughs> and I say, yes, yes. But no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but they are in every scene. Um, uh, yeah, and, and I, I think I'm basically saying what you're saying with context, but I try and sort of like, because I don't want to tell the person how to play it, because uh, that'll put them in their head a little bit, I think. So I try and say, like, here are the expectations of the environment we're in. Um, and then uh, for this is more for a second beat thing, but it's like, I'm not going to say, like, uh, 
hey, uh, I'm trying to organize a kickball game at this uh, summer camp, and you keep demanding, uh, uh, telling everybody that this is anarchy. Uh, because in the first beat, uh, she thought that the that we were being like... Um, hardline sort of like dictators at a summer camp i just go like okay uh the idea is we're just gonna have a very loose free fun kickball game uh and this is probably when you're playing with somebody you're on a team with but it's like now she knows what the expectations of the world are and so she can take her behavior with it that's smarter Um, (laughs) that's smarter than mine uh but i think like um i don't think so i mean especially in an initiation it's like you want to give them their thing that they're doing um but i just have seen scenes where it's like i'll tell them how to do it and they're like oh that's not how i was processing it in the first beat and now i'm worried that i'm not processing it the way you want to play it in the second beat Mm -hmm. um but i do think that there's a big distinction with like playing with people you play with all the time and developing that shorthand versus like playing with somebody on a jam or a mashup where it's like, now just tell them what they need to be doing for the uh, the scene. Yeah. Yeah. I think expectations is a good way of putting that. Yeah. Cause I don't know how Andrew's going to disrupt the, the right. tour, but he chose about just like it's dumb stories about his yeah. uncle or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Where people live. His uncle. Yeah. And like also where he got garbage popcorn or something <laughs> like that. Here's uh, the thing I didn't expect in that scene. I didn't expect Kate to be into his story. Oh yeah. And I love that stuff. That's yeah. like, um, I call it like making it true or mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. You only need one guy being like, Hey, give me the mic. I'm frustrated. Yeah. So the thing of like her being interested in his stories and then later on, Bradley Cooper also, for some reason, being interested in that microphone. Yeah. Um, Bradley Cooper, number one impersonated <laughs> guest, or number one impersonation happening on the meet. Yeah. Jake took a crack at it yeah, this week. Yeah, he took a crack today. Um, um, usually it's me. Yeah. Usually it's me. Uh, uh, did you say, hey, that's Bradley Cooper over here? Oh, because it was the, the Stars Born stars premiere. Born premiere, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like I'll sort of say like in that scene, I was not sure how to support necessarily. I knew that I could also sort of go like, Oh, I'm interested in Andrew's story alongside with Kate, but I was kind of hanging back to figure out like, what is another way to sort of support this idea of him? Um, and I think there was a little bit of like, I wasn't sure if the game was going to end up being, he's taking over for everything to sort of give his own tour. Or if it's, nobody's interested in Josh and those are similar, but they're not the same. Uh, so I didn't really know until you said the Bradley Cooper thing. And I, I was actually going to be interested in Andrew's thing and it just didn't play out that way. <laughs> uh, and then it just became me also wanting the microphone, <laughs> uh, which yeah. is maybe the, yeah, I don't it's know. It's definitely more unexpected. Yeah. Um, great. What was the third one we did there? Um, Dear listener, we just recorded this. We don't have our notes. I did it. Was first one was, uh, it was the age thing, right? Yes, because in the story, the guy's like dad called to ask oh, yeah, him yeah, to pick yeah. up his son, and the son was forty. Yeah, so I again played with that without the same specifics of mommy and yeah, pretend to be my mommy or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a pretty classic meet. It really is. <laughs> Where like, we start with just this like undercover idea and then no one catches on. <laughs> like uh, like the yeah. truth of that is what? Like the truck driver's like, well, a little boy with a <laughs> Yeah. Um 
I th- when those scenes happen, especially on the meet, especially if you're playing them, I guess it happens me too with me. But I think I see it more when you're playing those characters. Is I try and buy into the reality that the person scheming <laughs> is in a way that would um, be bad for the person who's scheming. yeah yeah uh, if it wasn't apparent uh i was a creep in a van <laughs> i think it was pretty apparent uh, but i'm always and then, I, to, and then i creeped you out yeah and then you creeped me out so i'm always trying to buy into the reality in a way that is going to almost like it's almost like be careful what you wish for like yeah this guy is going to I think I probably, I think we probably do this a ton. Uh, but it's like my favorite thing to do is to sort of say yes to your idea and then keep saying yes to it to the, to where it like maybe blows back in your face or whatever. For sure. And this brings me to the thing I've been trying to, again, another, imp- another workshop uh, thing I'm trying to come up with. Uh, just to plug my workshops yet again. <laughs> um, but I do think about it more with my workshops of like, they, having kind of a free form thing that I'm in charge of makes me go like, I want to try this. Yeah. Uh, and one that I've been tinkering with is like, I think a lot of humor, what you just is basically what you just described a, the unusual character or a character. Oftentimes the unusual character wants something. Mm-hmm. And if that want is like clear enough, if like that inter- it's internalized enough, then I can fuck with it. Because it's usually just like, yeah, you want something, and then the fun is like playing with it, like yeah. steering it, like seeing seeing how you can throw it off, and like, uh, which seems like not yes anding to some people. They'd be like, isn't that like, isn't that like breaking the rules of yes and, not like right. going with what they're doing? And I think it's like yes and times two or something, yeah. where it's like if I'm locked in, then I'm like I gotta go with it. Um, yeah. I also would say like the the per or my interpretation of the purpose behind yes and is like we're trying to get to the most fun idea. We're trying to get to the funnest part of it. And sometimes that means sort of calling the person out or putting a stop to it to force them to go after their want in another way and they heighten it that way. But sometimes that means giving the person what they want so that they reach for the next thing and that also gets us to the most fun idea. So you're saying yes and a lot of times people confuse conflict with game and it's Uh as long as the conflict serves the game uh being that like great but if it's not serving the game then you can accept that josh like be somebody who thinks this old man is a kid (laughs) because now what do we do with kids or whatever and it's like you can elevate we're just trying to get to the funniest idea and the path to get there is sometimes to sort of say like, great, I'm going to give you what you want uh, because that'll get us to the next step. Or I'm not going to give you what you want. You're going to have to look for another way to get it. Uh-huh. Uh, and that might be the funniest idea. Fernie has a thing about this, not to quote Fernie too much, but we've talked about this type of thing. And he, he sort of talks about like when you're playing game and just going like, boom, 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 boom. He's like, imagine a slam dunk contest where they just dunk it the same every time. Yeah. Like at some point someone's got to pull a Kia on the court and have Blake Griffin jump over it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's sort of more fun and rewarding for everybody. Right. Um, and sometimes you run smack dab into that Kia, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, which I've definitely done a million times. Yeah. Uh, one other little thing I wanted to point out, because there's a couple moments like this, um, is uh, so we were thrown. Uh, I made a mistake in that scene where I said we were 20, 20 miles east to Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the entire reality, like we had to make sense of that somehow. Yeah. 
So we became on a barge, basically. Yeah. Like cars and trucks being shipped on a barge. Right. Into sea, which undercuts the reality of that scene of us trying to get a ride yeah. out of there. Right. I guess we were just abandoned on a barge. I guess so. Uh, I still think it was like a fun discovery. Yeah. Uh, um, and we did our best to like glue it back together a little bit. Uh, I yeah I mean for me I uh, sometimes I say like um, improv is uh, at its most fun when you're trying to hit the bullseye and you miss like uh, the perfect scene is rarely as fun to me as the scene that we tried to make perfect and sort of like had these like um, things happen along the way like I didn't pick up on you saying that our guests Kate and Andrew picked up on that and it's like that's their credit to listening really well. And then rather than like sweeping it under the rug or just going like, Oh, this person is uh, like an idiot. It's like, great. We've now been given this. I mean, this is an old thing, but it's like, everything is a gift in a scene. So it's like, great. Let's like contextualize this in a way that seems fun. For sure. Yeah. And yeah, did it totally work? Maybe not, but was it fun in the moment? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It picked apart the logic a little mm-hmm. bit, but it didn't throw us too much. Yeah. That's kind of an improv thing too, where it's like, all right, well, that doesn't make a ton of sense, but we did our best, and now let's keep playing. Yeah, let's yeah, see yeah. We could, then we did fall into the ocean. <laughs> oh, yeah, we which were... is what we should have happened to us. <laughs> I think so. Um, cool. Uh, then we had Kate's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, one that started with, like, she was like, was that meaty enough? And we're like, we'll just talk more about yeah. it. Uh, and I thought it was great. Um, um, what did we initiate? Oh, yeah, me being a clueless guy that's not knowing yeah, that Jake was we more on than a, a friend. Yeah, how do you play those types of scenes? Um, the joke isn't being gay, obviously. Right. Uh, so that's why midway through that one, I was like, ah, it's so hard being a gay man in Philly. You can't yeah. find anyone to connect to. And that's just so, I don't know. I, I, uh, I guess it's taboo or it's not taboo, but like, I never wanted to come close to making that like the joke is right. Like, uh, like I didn't want it to feel like. I was a straight man being preyed upon or, yeah. or like that you're a gay guy who's not getting it or yeah. I just wanted it to be like, I guess it's even more absurd if it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to defang it, I guess is what yeah, I'm saying yeah. and make it. And, and how do you play that clueless? Like, um, I think again, so am I the weird character? Yeah, I am in that scene. Right. So, <sighs> I think I just justify like the fun in that one for me is justifying each thing that you do. Mm-hmm. So again, if you're you kiss me, I'm like he's Italian, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess we could have gone further with that, maybe. Like, yeah, um, like I guess what would be like the most heightened place to have gone with that? Like, I really like you, like 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 you. Yeah, I'm interested in you romantically. <laughs> yeah, and I'd like to take you on another date. Like, yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. That would have been tough for me to yeah. try to wrangle. Um, I probably would have been like, uh, romantic. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I probably would have had to still have been like a little bit not getting the hint of that. Yeah. Like these damn Italians <laughs> <laughs> they love everyone they see or, yeah. uh, or even just something like you don't mean that or, or, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I think in those instances I try and, uh, <laughs> or just like, I don't date people from work. 
<laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, in those instances, I try and encourage people to just like if thinking he if thinking I was Italian was the first thing, just keep using it because uh, and it's like there might be a way to write that sketch that is comes up with more clever ways along the way. But I'm always like, don't put that pressure on yourself in a scene. Like you yeah. found the logic. Just keep saying it's an Italian thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's probably some dumb fun to be had there. Yeah. Uh, that was a fun one. Um, second yeah. one was chili. Uh, uh, red keep saying fucking chilies. Yeah, yeah. I think I said it in the scene. Yeah. One in uh, the same, I mean. Yeah. Um, I initiated that one. Uh, and I'll occasionally do this. Only I think I only do it on the meat, but. I just kind of have an idea that I think is sort of like a scenic idea that I think is kind of fun, but I don't really have. What do I don't, you mean scenic? Like the, just, like the picture in your brain? Yeah, yeah. Just the picture in my brain. I don't really have an idea of where it's going to go. Um, but I just kind of want to start watching people play and see what happens. So I was like, I could initiate as somebody kicking somebody under the table. But it felt more fun to just drop you all into a Red Robin. Yeah. Uh, I like those. Yeah. Kind of gives you a chance to play it. We got what we were trying to get there for. Yeah, I think so. I guess we didn't really ever say, like, not in a Red Robin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? That, which I think is super funny. Yeah. That seems like more of like a, almost like what would be on stage, like a tag run of like, where would be a good place to break the news of a divorce or yeah. a relationship or whatever. Uh, yeah. That's kind of funny. That could have been, I didn't realize my character was i a girl or a guy i don't remember uh but i guess there was some potential for me and you the waiter yeah being the same best buy guys oh yeah yeah i didn't didn't think of that either um Um, yeah i try and either be super clear with my initiation of here's the unusual um behavior whatever i want to play or super clear that i'm like I there's no pressure here. I just want to set up this world and then we're going to start like finding some fun in it. Yeah. So that one was like, I wanted there to be kicking under the table, but, um, I figured if I put it in a red Robin, we all remember the story and what was happening there. So it would probably likely get us there, but I didn't have any, there was no way for that scene not to go the direction I wanted. Cause I didn't have much of a direction except like the idea of, trying to have a serious conversation inside a red robin yeah um yeah totally so it was pretty loose i like those though like uh you know for those that are followers of ucb not to get too into the ucb thing but like besser is very much a premise guy yeah. ian roberts is very much an organic guy yeah this format of ours storytelling into scenes i mean you're almost not using the stories if you're not pulling premise sometimes Mm -hmm. so but i do like hitting the other side of that where it's like let's just set up a fun world yeah and see what we find and i think that's a good (laughs) i commend you for doing that because i (laughs) i can get too locked into like trying not to fuck up or not i don't know trying to like initiate with like okay let's go (laughs) yeah and i think like these ones are usually more sprawling scenes a little bit like but yeah. the moment I think I think I did the paint on of them kicking each other under the table uh-huh. and that I was like, I got to make a choice because I don't know who's supposed to be telling who what. Uh, yeah, I was I was waiting for that, too. Actually. So I was like, I'll just have them do it. And then when you started doing it to the waiter, I felt <laughs> that's when the game got locked in. And well, was that was like, just the fun of it. Yeah. yeah. Again, like I've said this to my students as well. Like 
game can be like a little bit tricky to wrap your head around. Like, if this is true, what else is true? Which mm-hmm. essentially is what that is. But a simplified way for me sometimes is like zero in on the fun. Yeah. And you have about on stage three to four minutes to have as much fun as you can with it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of times I'm just trying to kick someone else. <laughs> I will say. Oh, do you have something else? No. Uh, I will say I also had an idea to set it at the Chili's and uh, I was sort of, as I'm uh, unfortunately sometimes prone to do, I was already thinking of like uh, callbacks and stuff like that. And okay. to me, like almost like when you're setting up a third beat of a Herald, for those of you who aren't familiar, in a Herald you have three disparate scenes and then a uh, two group games and then you hit them, all those, you hit the scenes a couple times and then at the very end you're trying to tie stuff together organically and when i'm doing that or teaching that like something like a red robin is a perfect place to make connections because you can essentially play your game at a table Mm -hmm. you know with very little like shoehorning that you know that you have to do to be like why are they here people go to red robin it's a public place yeah so it's very to me believable that we can revisit some of these characters that we liked um getting back there but i also wanted to play the game i'm glad it worked out the way it did because i didn't have much of an idea in mind yeah but i in the back of my head i was like we can always go to another booth here and then i sort of followed that's that. good i don't uh that's i don't play that way when we're doing this podcast uh, i'm always like oh this is the third scene and i start trying to go back to the earlier scenes thinking about what stood out to me yeah um i the analogy i use is like did we did we write any pop songs did we write any catchy songs that could be sort of like thrown into any scene um Hmm. and if i can think of them it's like great i'm looking for opportunities to put them in there if there's the thing uh but i should probably be doing what you were doing especially if i'm doing heralds and thinking about like before that place trying to think of places to put something where you could touch on all of them yeah Uh, it's not the first thing in my head yeah but i have found from teaching and doing a bunch of heralds that like if i can find if i have an idea for a third beat and i can if it is if it can be opened up to be like on a subway platform on a in a park yeah uh, or if it if it's not distracting to do that then it just tends to make the connecting a little bit easier yeah um and i think we did mm-hmm. um yeah last thing i'll say about connections is like we don't always succeed at doing our favorite things we definitely shoehorn them in sometimes yeah. <laughs> probably to a detriment but my approach towards that is like i try not to force it um but i tr- when i'm thinking about callbacks i just remember like my favorite rules for the world that we came up with oh uh, yeah uh, our, our favorite like lines even Mm -hmm. like gay cake again Mm -hmm. going back to izzy and mike christian it's just i don't think we even called that back but those are just like it doesn't have to be a full premise or character game necessarily but it's just like what do i like what did what what made me laugh i guess that's your pop song thing yeah sort of just like what that takes a little bit of the pressure off yeah well, anyways, that's uh, that's the first side dish. Yeah, hope we didn't crawl too far up our own buttholes there. <laughs> hope that was interesting to. Uh, yeah, I hope. I, I I think it might be. Yeah, um, it's good for me. I liked it. Um, yeah. So we're our plan is to do this more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so uh, I mean, hopefully with some guests. Yeah, this will be a feature of our Patreon. Yeah, um, uh, I think for our five dollars subscribers. 
uh, uh, so if you'd like to get this a little more often, um, yeah, that's the way to do it. $5 yeah. Patreon. We'll try to get a guest or two to stick around. And if we get enough Patreons, we'll be able to convince those guests with perhaps paying them a little yeah, bit of money. Yeah, giving them a little money. Uh, we're trying to pay people who do improv, including ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so... $3 to get on that Discord, $5 to get a little whole new bonus episode. Yeah. I think that's it. I don't have much else to sell you. Um, thank you for listening. Yeah. Give us any feedback you got on the Please. social medias. Um, uh, yeah. We'll see you next time on... The Meat. The Meat. Side Dish? Mmm. <laughs> 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 Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.